Well, that was Free as a Bird from Ren Collective off their new album, Campfire 2 Simplicity, which, uh, interestingly enough, includes Oceans, because Oceans will not go away. It is the (laughs) most popular worship song that has ever been created outside of Shout to the Lord from the 1990s. Um, but they both came from Hillsong, so it proves yet again that Hillsong's reach is far and wide and lasts a long time. Well, welcome to uh, Church Media Drops' first podcast, uh, where we get you in the loop of what's going on in church media, technology, production, and the goal of this is not just to sit here and banter and, and come up with great philosophical ideas, but it's so that you can know what's going on so you can get back to what's important, which is creating, producing directing, and doing the work that you do. We want to help you uh, know what's going on so that you don't have to spend the time uh, trying to see what's new and what's interesting and ideas that are going on in the church you can just uh, go at. Now, I'm your host, Brad Zimmerman. You may know me from ProPresenter Tutorials from ChurchMediaDesign.tv back in the day or my newest website, ChurchMediaDrop. Also with me is Jeff Abbott. Jeff, how about you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Well, hey, I am the service program director for Ada Bible Church. We're a multi-campus church located in the greater Grand Rapids area. I had the pleasure of leading uh, the worship arts, production, stage design, and uh, technology teams for our church. Uh, I'm super excited to be here with you, Brad. This this is going to be fun. Yeah, I look forward to it. So me and Jeff actually... uh only met uh, recently, even though Jeff lives in my area. So Jeff's from Grand Rapids. <laughs> I'm from Grand Haven. We're both in Michigan. Um, we're you know just about uh, 45 minutes apart. Um, and both work at, at churches that have a similar style and, and some of that stuff. Jeff's definitely at a much larger church than I am. Um, but we had known each other online, but it took last year at Salt, we finally met in person in Nashville. So it took both of us traveling to Nashville to speak at Salt for us to meet. We hung out a bunch there, had a great time. It was awesome getting to know you and things have just progressed from there. And so I thought Jeff would be an awesome addition to this podcast. Hopefully in the future, this table's just going to get bigger and we'll have more people a part of it. So I'm looking forward to adding in more voices as we move forward, but we just got to start these things. So this is where we're starting. Um, So Jeff, we're going to get into some news, some what's going on. And so I'd love to hear uh, you were at SALT conference this year. Uh, What was that like? And uh, what were you there doing? Uh, Yeah, it was, uh, uh, again, I love telling that story about meeting a guy that lived 30 minutes away, 800 miles away. That's, uh, <laughs> exactly. It brings me great joy when people and I talk Ridiculous. about Ridiculous. You know, yeah, I, last year, uh, because of recommendations from guys like you and, and Jonathan Malm from churchstatedesignideas.com, I got asked to speak on stage design at SALT. Uh, first time I'd ever done anything like that, and it was a pretty incredible experience. Uh, uh, got shockingly got invited back again this year. Uh, 
uh, was a little bit different experience. They changed locations to a little bit of a smaller, but I think better venue. Uh, had about a thousand or so attendees. Uh, they wowed us with uh, just an amazing stage design in the auditorium with these kinetic triangles that uh, moved up and down and projection mapping on um, some new dimensional mod scenes. Uh, props on the walls, really, 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 uh, really visually engaging uh, 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 during the worship times, really fantastic. Yeah, if you haven't seen these designs, um, so Nick Riviero and a whole team of people, him and his wife and a whole team of people, put together um, this this stage design, and it's interesting because I feel like for the past year there's been a bunch of like videos that have been going around about these crazy like either LED uh, pixel map ceilings that can move around kinetically, so mm-hmm. like they're moving up and down, undulating. Um, or there's just like light fixtures that are moving around. And so that, so this crazy idea of the fact that like your lights don't have to stay static. What if they actually move and like, instead of having motion on screens, your lights are actually the motion in the room. And they took this idea and actually implemented it. So they made a series of triangles out of, out of LED tubes and they had 30 different um, motors that could move a few feet. And so they could do all this crazy stuff. We'll uh, link to this in the show notes for the episode so you can go check it out. But it's it was quite the amazing feat. Now, the other piece of news that came out from SALT this year is that, uh, so this year they changed venues, um, but at the end of the conference, they said, you know what, we're going to do what Nashvillians do best, and we're going to go on tour. And so they're taking SALT on tour this coming year. Now, they haven't announced locations or venues or dates or anything like that, but if you've ever wanted to go to a conference like SALT, but it's too far away or something like that, it's really encouraging to hear that they're going to bring this community on the road closer to where people are at. Yeah, I think that's super exciting to uh, to, to take that learning, to bring in uh, leaders and speakers into communities and you know regions of the country, I think will be really impactful because it's, it's fantastic uh, meeting new folks. Uh, I think it would be even greater if I had could spend time with people in my own uh, greater church community and build relationships that I can, you know, drive 30 minutes to Green Haven and hang out with a guy and uh, and uh, do ministry together that way. So I'm super excited to see how they do it because that's a that's a pretty serious production that they put on. It is. I'm, I'm really eager to see how they load that in a truck and you know take it around the country. <laughs> Again, they're from Nashville. I'm pretty <laughs> sure they'll figure out how to make it happen. I'm pretty sure. Now, I will confess, as I'm looking at how much they took that church over, I can't imagine them coming to my church and doing that. They, <laughs> they literally move in and make it make it salt. It's it's they do a fantastic job of making it a uh, a unique experience that's uniquely theirs. And so, no, that yeah, they they lead a fantastic uh, uh, conference. Okay, well, the other thing that is new is uh, just recently Microsoft and Apple announced two brand new products. So on Wednesday, um, Microsoft uh, announced their new Surface Studio, turn your desk into a studio with a a 28-inch pixel sense display that is a uh, basically it looks kind of like an iMac but the screen mm-hmm. can t- can tilt down it's totally touch capable and there is a pen and then this dial that you can set on the display to dial in custom settings and stuff like that 
and it looks like a pretty amazing uh, computing device. And then Apple, the next day, um, <laughs> after four years, uh, finally launched their new MacBook Pro that has the, uh, what is it called, the touch bar, mm -hmm. um, which replaces all of your function keys with basically a long iPhone-type display. It's actually an OLED display. Um but it's a, a touch display that, again, much like the wheel, can change based on what program you're in or what function you're doing to give you more capabilities. So, uh, Jeff, we were talking a little bit earlier. Where do you land in the spectrum of Mac versus PC? You know, I hover, I hover uh, very equally in both. Uh, my church, I also lead the IT team. And so we kind of have this uh, balance of uh, Macs versus uh, our Macs and PCs at our at our church, where we have a lot of the the PC culture is in the uh, administrative and uh, adult ministries uh, areas, and then because the, the old people can't use a Mac, exactly, and then we have. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And then we have, you know, a, a large amount of Macs in the live production environment just because, uh, I, I, admittedly, a lot of these these applications that we use are designed on Mac and they perform better. Yeah. Uh, so we so we live, live in a hybrid world. Personally, I I, I have a uh, confessionally uh, I put my MacBook aside and bought a current Dell and uh, been using that as my everyday driver and have been extremely happy. So uh, I love both of them. I hate both of them. Yeah. Uh, I, th this product I find uh, really, really interesting. Uh, in fact, I was just reading an article this morning, and it was on Mashable, uh, really saying, uh, "Sorry, Apple, but it looks like Microsoft is the is the new innovator." And, right. And, uh, a, a really, really engaging. Uh, very I curious to see it in, in a practical sense. Uh, I love the uh, I love the way that zero gravity screen seems to operate. Uh, I, I think that's a unique balance between uh, uh, looking at a screen and touching a screen and that 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 surface dial. I'm very eager to, to get my hands on one of those and see how that actually performs in Photoshop or some other application. Right. Well, and it looks like the dial does not work in Photoshop. It does not. Oh. It does not actually work in a lot of programs because you have to program it to. And Microsoft did not get them to program to it at launch. So if you look on their site and go look at the dial accessory, mm -hmm. it'll say that. Let me let me pull this up here. I should be more prepared. But the <laughs> dial right now uh, works with um, Mental Canvas. Drawboard PDF, Moho 12, StaffPad, a bunch of programs. Sketchable, I think, is the one that they were showing in the ads. Um, and then it obviously works in Microsoft's apps, but it does not list any Adobe apps. Really? Um, and so that means they didn't do what Apple did, which is say, hey, Adobe, we have this new thing coming out. Can you make your stuff work with it? Because we know that's what will get pro consumers or even semi-pro consumers to want to buy this product. So I'm hoping that things change and that Adobe adopts it quickly and they are able to make it work because it looks like an amazing tool. However, there is just the adopt 
adoptability. And the same thing said, I would totally agree and I land in the same side of the spectrum. I design mm-hmm. on a PC. I have a custom built PC in my office. And then everything we do with production is done on a Mac. Yep. Yep. So all of our live streaming, ProPresenter, um, audio recording, main stage, logic, all of that stuff, again, is is Mac oriented. But I, I'm a design – when I design, I'm on my PC and that's what I use. And I, and I like both of them and I'm actually in a phase where I'm ready to make a change. So should mm-hmm. I – should I make a change and go to a Mac platform? Should I go stay on PC? I'm ready for a new computer. And so both of these announcements I was excited to hear because what should I do? Should I make the switch or not? And honestly, it's I'm gonna just keep waiting a little <laughs> bit because the Surface, the Surface Pro is expensive. I mean it its starting price is is pricey. The dial itself is a hundred bucks, but if you buy it with the computer for three grand, you get the hundred dollar dial for free. But that's the starting price. It just goes up from there. And all of the new Macs are more expensive. They're $200 more than any of the current Mac line or the the previously current Mac line that you won't be able to buy anymore. Um, they're all more expensive because of that touch strip on them and their their spec their specs and all that stuff aren't that amazing when they were just 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 for everybody's uh just for anybody who is super wowed by their presentation they were comparing a brand new computer with not super new parts to their old computer which was three or four years old and so when they were saying 110 percent performance increases that was compared to a computer that was three years old or four years old at times. And so uh, it's not really as revolutionary as they say. The thing that I wrote in a Facebook post, um, somebody was talking about it, and I just said, you know, I would be totally fine with this Apple update and be happy with it and think that strip is cool if they didn't put on a presentation and try to make me think it's the most revolutionary product they've ever made. (laughs) I I think that's what Apple's screwing up personally, that like they need to just start coming out with new products and not make such a big deal about it. Just launch them, put their ads on TV. That's fine. You can make the, try and make the regular Joe consumer think they're great, but don't try convince a tech community or a professional community community that this is the best thing ever when we know better and i've been worried about apple because really the you know their their driving market is the iphone ipad uh you know product lines and the the pc totally. or the, the computers are down to you know 20 30 percent of their 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 product uh profit uh stuff so I, it's uh i've been uh waiting with beta breath as a person who manages a budget dealing with computers it, it i feel challenged spending 2500 dollars on a macbook that's uh that is not the the best processor I can have today because I'm looking at at, at a life cycle return. You know how how many years can we use this? And so I have recently just been uh, buying used ones because the processor from 2013 to now hasn't changed much. Right. And so rather than spending 2,500, I can spend 800, and uh, you know have the same level of computer. It might be a little heavier, 
but that's uh, you know, Who cares? sitting on a stand running Ableton. It's not a uh, right. the weight is not an issue. Yeah, and and I only I exclusively buy used Macs. Um, if you're looking to buy used Macs, just go to the refurbished section of Apple's actual store. Mm-hmm. Is one of the easiest places to buy it, and it come, you can get Apple Care for it. It's totally certified by Apple, so you're not going to run into issues. So I I think that's one of the best places is to buy it so all of our Macs um, in our facility are are all refurbished Macs so yep. and we, we predominantly have a lot of those I've used a, a, a Mac of all trades that served our church really well and they've st- stood behind their products you can buy a warranty whether it's not Apple Care, but we have uh, had, had solid luck with that organization as well well, okay, moving on um, to somebody who has, uh, if you want to talk about creativity, this is a person who's been around for a long time, and uh, even I was at a conference one time, and somebody was talking about creativity, and they used Promise um, as an illustration of, does this person look creative or not? Because Promise, oh. when you see her, she looks like somebody, she's very stylish and looks super uh, creative. Um, Promise Tangman is uh, married to Brian Wurzel. Um, she's a creative director, has her own business. Brian is a worship leader um, at a church. Um, they're both amazing. They're a very cool couple. Well, Promise um, just started a brand new YouTube slash Facebook video series, and uh, the videos are fantastic. And she's super funny, and her newest one is on how to quit comparing yourself to others. Here's a quick clip. Why? he have unlimited creativity? Why does she get all the opportunities? Why wasn't I related to someone famous? Then I'd get hired anywhere. Guilty, party of one. And in some seasons, it can be really hard to recover. So, uh, Jeff, do you fall into the guilty category of um, falling into the comparison trap ever? Oh, it's uh, it's it's hard not to. <laughs> I would totally it's agree. It's so hard not to. You see so many uh, uh, amazing things. Uh, you visit friends at other churches, and you see what they have. You see their cool worship leader. You see the amazing PA system they have hanging, and it's it's so easy to to, to want what others want. Uh, yeah, the, the promises. She's a joy to listen to. I, I was so energized by uh, that recent blog post of hers, and it rings so true for those of us in the church world to to uh, stop comparing ourselves to the others and live into the to the blessings that we have today in our in our own unique uh, organizations and in our own lives as well. Totally. And one thing that she pointed out that I think is, I think it's actually the reason why we fall into comparing a lot of times is because it's actually easier to copy. It's Mm -hmm. way easier just to copy somebody else and say, that's what they did. It worked for them. It'll work for me. And what she's saying is stop comparing yourself, you know, because there are times where it can be depressing that you're not getting stuff. But there's other times where you fall into a copycat game. And um, you can then end up not being yourself and not and not figuring out your own creativity. And so spending that time to become creative on your own and figuring out like what's what's our unique thing? Like who am I as a designer? Who am I as a director? Who are we as a as a church? What are we about? What are we gonna do? And let's be all about that instead of like oh man that church down the street is like blowing up huge. I wonder what we should do to be like. 
like them because we're losing people or mm. whatever, because that's such a common thing. And actually, my salt talk echoed that considerably. Oh, cool. Just because I was encouraging folks to, to uh, I well, here's what I did my salt talk. So I kind of created this. I said, if you were... Uh, if you just pull up Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and you started forming your opinions about what modern contemporary church is, what would you find? And so I, you know, had a series of pictures: hipster worship leader. Yep. Uh, Mac is the official computer of the church. The X32 is the official soundboard. Uh, yep. Soundboard of the church. Just kind of did a bunch of things like that, and just kind of set the stage uh, to to what I wanted to say later was I don't think God designed us to be all the same. Totally. That there's just this there's this danger I feel in the way church is moving that uh, other than preaching we're all just going to be carbon copies of each other. <laughs> and we have this we all have this unique ability. Well, I guess really if you do the, if you if you're a statistics research guy, uh, top 100 churches in America, about one full, 1. 1.5 million people attend those churches total a weekend. Okay. Uh, you take uh, the average size of a church in America is 98 people. Right, totally. There's, a, there's about 400,000 churches. 60% of those churches are 100 people or less. So the math is 1.5 million go to the top 100. 21 million people a weekend go to a church of 100 or less. Which so is... there's there's some staggering statistics that say that the, the, the what we point to isn't the most successful model of church in America. Because predominantly people do attend smaller churches. So yeah. I was just challenging them saying your church isn't wrong. Totally. And you don't have to be you don't have to be, you know, my church or other churches. You know, you don't have to be that. Then to end my talk, I, I should send it to you, but I went on to Instagram, especially on church uh, motion graphics, found ten stage designs or ten pictures of Instagram churches. Everybody looked the same. Text in a box, you know, color yep. smoke. I'm just like this is this is definitely not what God wants for us. So yeah, I so resonate with her, hundred percent. So resonate with her. I would highly recommend checking out these videos. Um, again, we'll have these linked up in the show notes, but make sure to check out her series. Um, you can find those on on YouTube or on her uh, Facebook page. And she just came out with another one uh, just yesterday. So uh, they they just keep coming, and they're super fun to watch. And Brad, and uh, just even on that topic, sometimes it happens so innocently at our church that we enter into a creative discussion and uh, videos get popped up on YouTube or on Vimeo and uh, ideas that often start as uh, a video is presented as an idea or as a, as a reference piece, but it quickly becomes imitation. How can we make that video versus right. originating our own? And so I, I think it even happens without intention. We, we begin to copy because that's the quickest path to uh, to a product versus really are originating our own. So yeah, totally resonate with that. Yeah. I mean, it's, and it's, it's just so easy to fall into just so yes. easy because like, especially when you're on a time crunch yeah. when, and, and, a budget. And, and, and in a budget, yes, yeah, Sunday is always coming. <laughs> and so when it's like, Hey, we need this video or this thing. And so sometimes it's a like, well, let's drop our pride. And instead of like trying to recreate you know, Dan Stevers latest video with mm -hmm. like our slightly altered theology. <laughs> yeah. Let's just buy his video and be okay with the script that was in it. Yes. You know, like that's okay. Or like, instead of trying to create a graphic that looks like this, just go buy the one that you're inspired by and just be okay with that. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. It's a, for some reason we we it's it's a unique situation we're in. We're okay copying, but our pride often will not let us just use others' artwork as if it's not valid. Right, and, it, and it's completely valid. I had a conversation with a pastor a few weeks ago who wanted to know uh, how we created our bumper videos because. He was fretting about spending $20 purchasing a video from uh, a website. And I quickly <laughs> convinced him that the cost for me to actually create a video is a hundred times what you are going to spend, you know, yeah. uh, for your $20 could, videos. Could be a thousand and, uh, times. <laughs> yeah. And so he uh, he just, uh, uh, he, he quickly saw that it, it was not a failure to use a purchase video. Yep. And we, we wrestle that credit. We use stock footage uh, often. We're purchasing stock footage. Uh, to use in con uh, in content in a creative piece versus driving all over the country or the city capturing footage if we can buy some of it, um, well we will now you know yeah. from uh, sites like that and and that and, one and, that one's actually I think one of the harder ones because the price has fallen to a decent point on mm -hmm. um, artwork and music. Um, and even like pre-designed videos, uh, After Effects videos and stuff like that. But when it comes to stock video footage, it gets pretty expensive pretty fast. You're talking Absolutely. $20 to $50 per clip and those clips could only be 5 to 10 seconds. And so you need like 20 clips to make your video and now you're talking hundreds of dollars you've spent on stock footage uh -huh. and that now feels like well how about i just grab a camera but it's like well you can't <laughs> you can't go shoot at mount everest you're not gonna find that hipster guy in a boat on a lake you know like it's just it's not gonna happen so yeah. Yeah. It's funny, my video team is always suggesting they need to go to New Zealand to shoot. I mean, it's, <laughs> every project needs to be in New Zealand. Uh, so yeah, the stock footage is definitely a much better, a much better uh, point, price point. Please make sure if they go there that you shoot all of your videos at what is left of the Shire in New Zealand, <laughs> and it's it's only uh, knockoffs of of Lord of the Rings. Um, that would be that would be great. <laughs> Well, Jeff, I know that uh, you uh, do sound. I run sound. We both are on the production side of things as much as we're on the creative side of things. And uh, one piece of sound gear that uh, is still uh, in heavy usage these days is a vocoder. And <laughs> recently there was quite possibly the best ad for the sale of a vocoder. Uh, check this out. Here's what it sounds like when we change the keys. Creating all sorts of melodies. I changed the pitch from high to low. So everybody can enjoy the show. This is a vintage analog machine. It sounds impressive and very clean. <laughs> no vocoder comes even close. As for sound clarity, boat is the most. So uh, it oh, actually goes on longer than that. Uh, it is uh, – I the first time I watched this video, <laughs> I was just laughing my head off because uh, the guy's uh, basically vocoder rap that he did was – it was epic. So um, 
Yeah, again, you can check that out in the show notes and have yourself a, a good chuckle. What a, what a great use of leveraging that piece of technology to sell it. I mean, the video was he's sitting his vocoder on a washing machine. It's a <laughs> yes. terrible presentation, but yes. so engaging. Yeah, so engaging. Great example of creativity and using what you had to uh, create the best product possible. That's so funny. Totally, totally. Well, the last, uh, the last uh, bit of news is uh, recently uh, the Church on online platform launched a couple new features for hosts and for attenders. Uh, the biggest thing is there's a whole new host workspace um, for people who are hosting your online church uh, service. And so this allows church staff and volunteers to have like a dedicated view where they can see chat between hosts. They can see the chat of people, moderate it. They can turn video off, see notes and all sorts of stuff. So it's, it's, uh, finally a geared space towards hosts alone and then they've updated a few things for attenders as well jeff do you guys use church online platform we don't but it, ironically we are uh we have been looking at it very very seriously as we are uh working to make our online experience more uh more interactive uh right now it's currently mostly just watching and uh we're taking some intentional steps into uh engaging a, a pastor in the process and hosts in the process. So yeah, this is, uh, I'm very excited about this, that it's, it is amazing what that church has done to, uh, make it accessible for all of us to, uh, do so many things. I, I'm just floored by their generosity. That's just a fantastic, uh, step forward in, uh, being able to schedule pre pre-service content, post-service content and slides. I'm just, it's, I can't, I can't wait to try it. I actually just built the service. I'm going to run tomorrow night and try it behind the scenes. Yeah. And awesome. It's uh, it looks fantastic. Yeah, so um, so this was built by uh, Life uh, Life Church is their actual name, uh, Life mm -hmm. Church, and uh, they used to be Life Church TV. Craig Groeschel's church, that's a huge multi-site church all over the country. Um, they created the main Bible app that most of you have on your smartphone. It used to be called UVersion. It's now uh, it might still be somewhat called UVersion, but Bible.com is uh, they were able to acquire that lofty name, and that is now theirs. Um, but they have made so many great free tools. Uh, the Church Online platform is totally free. Um, we use it, and uh, I've been using it basically since it launched, and it is such a great service. Um, and they have some really cool things. If you are if you don't do live um live streaming, you can actually uh, upload your videos to Vimeo or YouTube and do simulated live streaming with those two services um, anytime the rest of the week. So let's say you wanted to do a simulated live service on Sunday evenings after Sunday morning, or you wanted to do a midweek thing on Wednesdays, you could set that up through the Church Online platform really easily, and all it requires is a YouTube or a Vimeo video, and then it syncs everyone up to the exact same time code. So when somebody shows up to the page, they're all watching the video at the same point instead of everybody showing up to a page and just basically clicking play and watching it on demand. It's the simulated live experience without having to do that through a streaming provider, which really saves a lot on costs. Very nice. You, uh, question, do you, does your church rebroadcast in that way? I, we don't right now. I've considered it. I have a really hard time because I'm, uh, you know, of the millennial age. I don't mm. know that I would call myself a millennial, but um, 
I, I, I question, I, I don't watch, we don't have cable TV at home. I never watch anything live besides like the Super Bowl and, <laughs> you know, the, an occasional college football game or something like that. But I never watch live TV. And so I question why somebody during the week would want to show up and watch something um, live as opposed to just watching it on demand when it fits their that's schedule. A great, that's, a, that's a great question. That's so, a great question. Yeah, so I, I'm not sold on that one yet. What uh, what service do you guys use right now, Jeff, for your live stream? We're using Livestream.com. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, price for service, I have found it uh, incredibly reliable and, and somewhat unbeatable in the uh, features for cost. Uh, unlimited HD services, as many as I want all year long at a really great price point. Um, I think uh, it can be beat. I'm going to say, I'm going to go out on a limb here, Jeff, and say that you are wrong. Really? Uh, yeah, for sure. I would. So do you, uh, we're going to debate this now. So, you know, when you in every November, they have basically 50% off. Okay. So if you buy in, like I'm renewing here in, uh, this month, this coming month, and it'll be... $2,500 for a year. Okay. So and are, that you is, that, are you in that price range? Yeah, I would uh, I would encourage you to check out um, uh, uh, streammonkey.com and mm-hmm. um, and try see if their prices are are uh, are at all similar. If anything, I would think they would be cheaper. Oh, um, and give you more uh, features uh, like the fact that – and the same with um, – <clears throat> I always get it uh, confused. I think it's streamingchurch.tv. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, both of these allow you – let me make sure that's the right site. No, churchstreaming.tv. Um, Streaming Church is a different company. Churchstreaming.tv. Both churchstreaming.tv and MailChimp allow you to transcode automatically to like Facebook's live streaming platform and to YouTube and stuff like that. So you can um, do automated distribution and uh, it's a really, really handy thing. We stream to Facebook as well as our, our, our live page. Mm-hmm. And our Facebook live stream um, has tons of views and a lot of interaction on it. Very interesting. So, so do you do you know, like some of the challenges I've run into as a price streaming in the past was uh, it was uh, price per price per view. Uh, well, I want to call it that. That viewer the, hour. Yeah. Yeah. It increased is. Is Stream Monkey in that category? So Stream Monkey is uh, bandwidth based. Um, mm-hmm. But their cheapest plan is fifty dollars a month, and you get two hundred and fifty gigs of bandwidth per month, nice. um, which it can handle quite a lot of people, um, depending on what qualities you're doing. They do bandwidth switching and all of that stuff, so you can, um, you know, you can do whatever bandwidth best fits the person and what they can handle. Do you you guys stream multiple streams? We do. Yep. So we have a a low, mid and high stream that we're sending out. We do Um, the same thing. Yep. So those, those are all being sent out. Um, Churchstreaming.tv is flat rate. um, uh, And theirs is based on um, amount of viewers. Still, still very affordable in all instances. And uh, I, 
I'm not positive about uh, churchstreaming.tv. I'm pretty sure. Um, but I know for sure that StreamMonkey uses the exact same video backbone that mm -hmm. um, Livestream.com uses. So they're both using Akamai's video servers. Um, so that was a tangent on live streaming for you. But I challenge you, Jeff. I challenge well, I'm looking, you. I'm looking at their – they're both four ninety nine a month for the plan I would buy, which is about on par what I'm paying. Yeah. Interesting. No, it's a well. Online streaming has just become a. It's a tangent further. It's just become a something that we've had to really open our eyes to as we have just we see the numbers continue to increase. And after taking surveys, you know, we're finding that most folks come to church physically, come to church two or three times a month, but most folks stay home at least one week a month too and watch online. You know, we have found that. Uh, and that sounds high to me. I would actually, I would almost flip it. And yeah. say that people are in in facility um, two Once. times, sometimes three times a month, mm -hmm. and the rest of the time they're gone. So yeah, yeah. So if we've seen the numbers climbing, we're we're as a church, we're looking hard at this and saying, how do we how do we serve this community? How do we connect this community? Uh, how do we uh, how do we how do we reach them and and help them continue to take steps and not just be a voyeur, you know, but actually participate uh, fully in the all that God has for them and being part of a church. Uh, very, very good stuff. Very good stuff. Well, that's all we have right now for what's new. Stay tuned next for our resource spotlight. with Therapy. That's a new single from an upcoming album. Now, Brooke Frazier, if you remember, Brooke was like uh, the original female vocal in Hillsong United back in the day. And Brooke uh, not only just came out with this, but Brooke is also on the brand new Hillsong worship album. So Brooke is back, and I'm actually really excited about it. I've always loved Brooke's voice and what she brings in leading worship, and uh, she's a phenomenal artist, and so I was super excited. This single just dropped today, uh, so I thought we'd uh, take a listen to it. It's, an, it's a great one, but make sure you check out that Hillsong album, uh, Let There Be Light as well. Tons of great stuff on there. Well, we want to make sure to uh, talk about some great resources that we use all the time before we close out the show. And uh, I'll, I'll get us started here um, with my resource, which has to do with music, which is multitracks.com. Now, if your church is not using uh, multitracks uh, for your bands, that's totally fine. Uh, but this resource still can help you. So multitracks.com has uh, partnerships with all of the original recording artists for all of their music. So as soon as a new Hillsong album, a new Bethel album, a new Jesus Culture, uh, Chris Tomlin, Phil Wickham, like all of Crowder, all of these different people. All of their albums are on there in multi-track form. So what that means is you get a click track so your band can be playing to a click, but then you also get individual channels for all of it. 
And so you can say, well, we don't have that synthesizer, and you can insert and use that synthesizer. You can say, well, we don't have a second electric guitar, and I want my electric guitarist to play the lead parts. You can throw in a rhythm electric guitar and have it subtly in the background, and no one's going to notice that you have that in there, and it's just going to make your band sound fuller and, and a lot of times better. Um, it gives you a great solid foundation. Now, this is a great resource for churches that are doing multi-tracks, and you've probably already heard about it, but if you're not using multi-tracks, this is how you can utilize it, and this is how I utilize it. When I'm trying to learn a new worship song, I go to uh, multitracks.com, and they let you preview songs, and you can solo out individual instruments. So I can go through, and I can solo every single guitar, and then learn my guitar parts from it. Or I can go and solo all 17 keyboards, because new worship songs all have to have a million keyboard parts. And I can solo out each one of those keyboards and figure out what they're doing and try to learn my parts from that. So it's a super helpful tool in learning songs. Now, you don't get the whole song, but usually you get enough of it to figure out what you need. You can hear what sounds they're using. You can get a feel for like, oh, that lead thing that I thought was an electric guitar is actually a synthesizer. Or what I thought the live drummer was doing was actually a drum loop. And so you can get a feel for a lot, a lot of that stuff. Jeff, do you guys use multi-tracks? We do. Uh, we have the luxury of having a full-time music guy uh, that we re-record most of the songs we play, but we uh, more often than not purchase the multitracks.com version first. And then uh, we will, even when we re-record it, we'll use their keyboard part or their background vocal part or their guitar two part. Um, and so we find it an incredible resource. And uh, yeah, what you touched on, the, the teaching component of it is just, I, I think, fantastic uh, to let a guitar player listen to his individual part all the way through and teach that way. It's just, it's just a, a great opportunity to help your guitar players grow and understand rather than trying to pick their part out of a full mix. Yeah, uh, it's, it's easy to pick drums <clears throat> out of a full mix or to pick out a lead yeah. vocal. It is not Correct. easy to pick out a keyboard part that is a subtle pad or a, you know, a synthesizer or something like that. So um, super uh, helpful resource. Make sure you check that one out. Jeff, uh, what's your resource? Tremblay SketchUp. Uh, I'm, I, I, I absolutely love and recommend this software. Uh, even if you're not a CAD type person, you don't have any experience. This is just a great tool uh, that you could use to uh, help envision uh, what your church could look like if you're if you're trying to uh, do a stage design or maybe uh, change an environment. There, it is free. It's remarkable what you can do for free. Uh, it's uh, you have access to a uh, an incredible library of pre-made components of lights and trusts and tables and chairs and uh, just more than you can possibly imagine. And uh, I have found it just the best way to envision something without spending any money that I can draw something in 3D, show it to my peers, uh, gain consensus and buy in before I've taken, you know, hammer to wood or or purchased a, a single screw. And it's uh, saved me a lot of money and it saves us a lot of time. And uh, I, I can't recommend it up. There are countless, countless tutorials on YouTube. That's uh, how I learned to use the software was YouTube. It's uh, it's just fantastic. Yeah, so that's a SketchUp. It uh, formerly was Google SketchUp. It is now, what's the company behind it now? Trimble. Trimble SketchUp. So, Which I 
in the in the Microsoft keynote, that there's a new relationship between Tremblay and Microsoft now with their 3D everything. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I'm so to see how that unfolds. Yeah, for sure. Well, and the last resource is the obvious resource, which is churchmediadrop.com. We have tons of resources on the website, series art, music, motion backgrounds, announcement slides, um, main stage sounds, all sorts of stuff on there. There's some great stuff for fall and for Christmas. So if you're looking for Christmas stuff on there, just use the search field and just type in Christmas and you'll see every um, item on the site that's been tagged for Christmas. So if you're looking for some artwork, you're going to maybe lay down a little pride and uh, instead of trying to recreate something that already works for you, uh, just use the thing that already works for you. So you can, you can find that at churchmediadrop.com. That's where you'll also find the show notes for this episode. Um, so make sure you check all of those things out. Thank you guys so much for tuning in for this first episode. Um, We'll have more, and again, the table's going to get bigger in the future, so uh, make sure you leave any comments or questions that you have in the show notes. Uh, I'm Brad Zimmerman, and that's Jeff. Thanks for tuning in.